0: Emergency warning. Emergency warning. This is an emergency podcast ban list announcement update. Greetings and salutations. You are listening to the Into the North podcast, where we take a look at the competitive side of the commander format, also known as CEDH. I am one of your hosts, Lyndon, aka noobzors and today I'm joined by my co hosts, Matt, aka Null.
1: Hey guys, what's up?
0: Reed, aka Sick Robot. Hey, dude. And Morgan, aka Spleenface. Hey, everyone. And from that intro, you, you might be guessing this is a uh, impromptu recording uh, in response to the most recent ban list update uh, for our format, and there is some stuff to talk about. So let's uh, let's not dilly-dally anymore. It's uh, Paradox Engine was banned. I mean, Iona was <laughs> I, Iona was also banned and Painter Servant was unbanned, but Paradox Engine banned. And as a yeah. CDH podcast, that's what we care about. So, let's let's just get this Iona Painter Servant junk out of the way. Uh, Iona banned. Does this affect any CDH decks? No. Not no. at all. Cool. Moving on, good, good ban for <laughs> good for casual though. Um,
2: unhealthy card. I think everybody has complained about it at some point, so it's nice to see it gone. To be sure. consistent on that front.
0: If I if we're gonna make a comment, like okay, uh, Iona is a card that's um, makes for unfun game states. It's not a unique card in this effect. Cards have been banned for this before. Leovold or, or I guess Arayo is one where you know you flip it early. Counters your stuff, not fun. Um, cards still exist in the format that are legal. Like there's Void Winnower. Uh, I, I, there's there's lots of just, white just stacks. Nothing, effects. Yeah. The, the, nothing is
2: targeted as Iona, which is nice. Yeah, this one. What makes it worse
3: than a lot of the others is just that you can pick one person, particularly if they're on like a monocolor deck, which a lot of casual players are. Just be like, nope. You're going to sit out while the rest of us play magic.
0: Yeah. Um, So it's definitely in line with some of the philosophies that people have have, uh, attributed to why they they ban cards. And, you know, for that, for for banning cards that are oppressive in that way, solid ban for casual. And speaking of uh, commander philosophy, this... Uh, and then the philosophy of the ban list, the, along with the ban list announcement update, uh, the rules committee also published the an update to their philosophy document that they worked alongside the uh, the CAG, which is the Commander Advisory Group. So that's the group of uh, all the content creators from the community who they you know handpicked to be their you know council, their hand of the king. Uh, And, yeah, they've got an update to that uh, philosophy document. We'll link that in the show notes of this podcast. But a brief summary is that they give, I think, was it seven criteria? for why? Seven
3: criteria for banning a card. Or, sorry, it includes cards which easily or excessively fit one of seven criteria.
0: And uh, I guess while we're at it, let's just read out the seven criteria.
3: Sure. Uh, They are cause severe resource imbalances, allow players to win out of nowhere, prevent players from contributing to the game in a meaningful way, cause other players to feel they must play certain cards, even though they are also problematic, are very difficult for other players to interact with, especially if doing so requires dedicated, narrow responses when deck building, interact poorly with the multiplayer nature of the format or the specific rules of commander, and lead to repetitive gameplay.
1: Wait, significant resource imbalances.
0: But yes.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Divination incoming ban. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's and, and they 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 said themselves in their announcement with this philosophy document that not all cards are going to meet these criteria. Um, that are currently on the ban list and not all cards that they would consider have to meet all the criteria. Um, so it really kind of makes you wonder what, if they're not really going to adhere to the criteria, what are they for? I mean, they all sound like decent rules of thumb in principle, but it's not, it's not something like, it's not a set of rules that can be uniformly applied to uh, to figure out what should be banned. Or at least that you, you can't use that, those set of rules to arrive at the ban list that we have, or future bans, um, but yeah. So I think we're spending uh, a long time on that. Yeah, let's 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 move on uh, to Painter's Servant, which was unbanned. Uh, that card does that start the how that was added onto the ban list. It didn't start on the ban list, correct?
3: I don't actually think that's right. I think it was originally on the ban list because the way. Uh, certain rules worked with regards to uh, oh, like color if you made mana that wasn't your color mm. identity. It like became colorless as it entered your pool, so you could lock people. Oh, okay,
0: yeah. Um, and then it's been stuck on the ban list for a while because uh, Sheldon himself has stated in the past that he does not want to allow Painter Servant and Iona to be in the format at the same time because that creates a one-sided. Uh, lock. Um, and I'll make a quick comment on that. I don't think that that's really a reason to, you know, you don't really need to ban Iona because t- t Painter Servant is coming off. They're much stronger. Two I don't card- think that's what they did. No, though. he has stated, he has stated pretty definitively in the past though on his Twitter that he would not let these two oh. coincide in the format. So
3: Well, but he also said that the printing of uh, Ugin cemented Painter Servant's place on the ban list. Like he, he has said on Twitter recently that he's shifted on that based on input from particularly members of the okay. K.
0: Yeah, because I was gonna say this that that kind of one two combo with Painter Servant and a really expensive CMC wise uh, creature or you know Planeswalker and Ugin is not is not a unique combo and in fact there's there's cheaper combos that we'll get into with the uh, Painter Servant that do just close out the game or at least one person. Yeah. That being said, though they've spe- sorry specifically been threatening an Iona ban for
3: a while, or like not threatening an Iona ban, but discussing it as a problematic card for a yeah. Long that time. that
2: being said, I like even if if we just take the uh, like the opinion or the stance at face value of these two cards can't exist in the same format, um, I, I agree with them banning Iona and taking painter Servant off because painter Servant has a lot more opportunity for. Making like doing cool, cool things with it and like to... not just being consistently terrible to play with in a casual context.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Uh, so, the combo that I was briefly alluding to about a uh, more efficient painter servant combo that can remove one player from the game that would be painter servant plus grindstone. Uh, so, grindstone is a one CMC artifact with a three CMC uh, tap ability. That mills the top two cards of target player's library, and if they share a color, repeat this effect. Uh, and with Painter's Hermit's ability, uh, that is a combo that will mill someone out. Um, not really CEDH viable. No, not really. It's it is I, a it I is could... a
1: colorless combo, right? Like it certainly has that benefit. Yes. Um. That doesn't necessarily mean it's ch viable, but it does provide um, some flexibility. There aren't very many pure colorless combos. This is true. Yeah, like. But that being said,
3: I mean, anything with white or black already had a better version of this combo that exiled cards. Yeah. So, so like I don't know, mono blue or something. But.
2: And even then.
0: Yeah. So then, if. uh, if painter servant plus grindstone is not good enough is a uh, does does painter servant affect cdh in in any way at all
2: um i've seen it specifically discussed into in two contexts so far
0: um, uh, What are that those? being
2: uh so primarily hackball um,
0: okay
2: it's a hack uh you play it you name blue and it makes all of your creatures into all of your green creatures into blue green creatures so it's a effectively a hack that is tutorable off of momir Tutorable off of Willy Tutor and that stuff. Uh, costs one less than Vizier the Menagerie if you pair it with a one mana mana to get started. And doesn't lose to graftigger's Cage unlike Vizier. So that's pretty nice. Um, I've also seen it in consideration for Animar to give Animar effective protection from all colors. Oh, that's cool. Yeah.
0: Um. So this is this is a two CMC... Hack in Hackball, right? Like that's tutorable with Momir.
2: Yes, um, so. and so the the big ones that were just uh, so it's it's effectively an auto include. We've been looking at Painter Servant for basically since Hackball came together as like if any card got unbanned, we would like this one the most um, versus like any other deck in the format, just because it adds a lot and it means that Neoform turns Dorks into a hack, which is sort of well, that's so.
0: that's big, yeah,
2: yeah. um It means that you have redundant, tutorable hacks um, out of the command zone when needed, and you just, yeah, like, it's just a really nice addition to the deck. It doesn't solve the base problem of Momir being 5 mana, but it's nice to have. Um, But yeah, I, personally, have only seen the real application in those two decks.
0: Well, I mean, at least it's something, right? You know, you're you're not gonna see a card like this that's a really niche effect not likely going to see play wide wide play in in cdh unless it's a really efficient combo or just generic generically good but uh the fact that it even has a, a place at all that's worth worth noting uh so yeah definitely
3: but my hack or but my painter servant reap combo is so good
0: <laughs> okay everyone get all of your <laughs> meme back, painter down, servant <laughs> folks <laughs> Okay, let's let's get it out of the way. Okay, painter servant life force control. Huh? Painter huh? Servant compost,
2: just get the Git Rog player every single time.
0: No.
1: <laughs> oh, Wait, you want that. more free counter spells? Painter Servant disrupting shoal? Oh my god.
0: <laughs> painter
3: Painter Servant title control
0: that's it i'm gonna just bring player serving plus everything we're done we're, <laughs> yeah we're, we're we're cutting it off there uh and let's get into the actual meat and potatoes of this announcement which is the paradox engine ban people were not happy about this announcement <laughs>
2: Uh, well, some people were happy. I, I feel like not a lot of us were happy in general.
1: I think very many people...
0: players
2: generally weren't happy. Pretty
0: non casual. Yeah, I Casuals was kind of, di-
1: was fairly, kind of looking but... around the, e- the Magic TCG and the EDH subreddit, and honestly, I think the majority opinion is that Paradox Engine is a fair ban. So I'm talking the non casual scene as far as I'm concerned. Sorry, yeah. the casual oh, scene, yeah. pardon.
0: Yeah, if you look on the, the competitive subreddit, the the competitive EDH subreddit on the ban-, ban list announcements I think there's uh 400 comments on that thread That's something something, like that. something crazy 424 yeah we, and we
2: are effectively all in mourning right now of losing this card
0: <laughs> and some people are going through the, the different stages of grief and I know, you know I did. mostly anger
3: <laughs> oh my god! Most a lot of us got stuck. Yeah, there. mostly
0: anger. No one's really moving on from that, and uh, a lot of it is is directed right towards the RC and Sheldon. Uh, yeah. So I think people have at least competitive players have reason to be angry about this ban, mainly yeah. on on the effect it's going to have on uh on the meta. We we're losing two decks. And if you guys have listened to our uh, Thrasios Timna uh, episode, you know those those uh, two commanders are taking over the format in terms of representation. So losing losing any decks at all that are viable is uh, you know press press F to pay respects. Don't forget yeah, our just...
1: untap and win podcast too. Oh
2: yeah, no, those two. It's really just like we're just we're just like having the diversity chipped away from our format right now sort of is what it feels like at least with this banning is like gradually getting anything that's not four or five colors stripped out and being replaced by generic commanders
0: yeah and and so arkham arkham and sisse are decks that are just straight up dead from this or at least like they're yeah they're relegated to high power at this uh, point, the, the,
2: yeah, t- with without Paradox Engine and without another printing of something like them, uh, they're effectively not competitive anymore. It's very difficult to actually win the game with you through those commanders now.
0: And these and these are certainly not the only commanders that were affected by the ban. If you look at the deck list database, uh, you see, uh, I think someone I saw and someone did a quick analysis of the amount of decks that ran Paradox Engine, and it was something like twenty five percent.
2: Yeah, a lot. a lot. A lot is getting hit by this. Yeah. But, so yeah, specifically it, it
0: hits it hits the format as a whole, and the decks that aren't running Paradox Engine are basically smiling, thinking to themselves that all oh, my competition just got a little bit worse.
2: Yeah. Pretty much. It, and like, I
0: one just, of the decks one one of those decks is Hulk. Yeah. Which certainly did not need any help.
2: I do just want to say though, like. Just Before we move on from this, it, it, I am personally just really sad to see Sisei go. Um, yeah, Just because I know the, a lot of the people that have worked on it, and it's like it's a deck that's had since Paradox Engine got printed, it's had so much love and so much work put into it by so many people.
0: I, I even and, have had some contributions to uh working out of some Sise lines. I know when uh, yeah.
3: Even Linden contributed. <laughs> I, I
0: helped. I helped with uh, remove Garrick from their most recent boat arc line by uh, by featuring. But you could put Casali underneath the boat. But you know what? None of that matters anymore.
2: Rip, yeah, rip, sissy. So all down the drain. Uh, um, I I do think I've been saying this all day today. Um, but I think that. Sissé will be back with A Vengeance if we get access to a maybe, or a wishboard rather. Oh, with uh, CDH, Karn. just because you can, one, tutor go get Karn Mucosynth which is not as good as Paradox Engine, but is an actual win condition unlike she has now. But yeah, yeah in, in the meantime, she's just sort of relegated to high power at this point.
0: Okay, so... Let's let's kind of delve into where this ban came from. From cuz cuz the the rules committee does not they, they've stated many times in the past uh, that they're not balancing for competitive. They're not paying attention to competitive EDH players. They're focused solely on the casual
1: side of the format.
0: And I think the better way to say it is like as the,
1: the non-competitive no. cuz there, there there certainly is a gap between Casual and competitive, in my mind. Yeah.
0: And it's quite large. Yeah. There's mid, like we talked about mid power, high power. And I think, I think Matt's, Matt, you're, you're on the money there. Non competitive is, is their, is their focus. And if you, if we take a look at this ban, uh, from the perspective with, with that, with that sort of, uh, idea in our heads of non competitive focus, it really does make some sense. This has been one of the most called for cards to be banned on uh, in in quite some time. Looking on the on Twitter, you follow a lot of the uh, the rules committee personalities or Keg members. Uh, Paradox Engine gets brought up all the time. If you look on the uh, EDH subreddit, brought up all the time on the Command Zone podcast. Uh, they have a expression: "Is Paradox Engine good?" to the method they use to to evaluate cards is it it better or worse than paradox engine yeah uh so it's not not coming as that big of a surprise they've talked about it they've it's been on their watch list in the past
2: yeah effectively like since the card got printed it's I think been a contentious card in the format.
0: So what reasons do they really have for banning Paradox Engine?
3: Well, I think this is one of those cards where the way we see it played in C D H is actually a lot less painful than the way it's often played in casual. Because typically in C D H, Paradox Engine is a card that ends the game that turn. But when everyone is typically just casting a couple spells a turn, they don't have all the efficient rocks, they're not running stuff like Top or Thrasios, or... Paradox Engine is a card that It just means you can take really long turns doing way more stuff than all of your opponents for like three turns or four turns or five turns in a row before the game ends. Like taking up half or more of the game time for, you know, 30 plus minutes until you actually win the game.
1: For those who haven't necessarily played against a lot of Paradox Engine, the equivalent ban is, in in the mind of casual, is Profit of fix. Where, yeah. just as Morgan mentioned, uh, it's not just taking long t- uh, a long time with your turns; it's taking a long time with other people's turns. Yeah, yeah it really just gives
0: you free reign to do whatever you want, mana wise. Uh, and if you're if you're building your deck chock full of instants, then it you really do get a, a profit of crew effects like effect. Uh, profit definitely enabled that a bit easier. Uh, but Paradox Engine does have its own unique set of, uh, things that make it worse than than profit, especially because, you know, if you're on your turn, just chaining cantrips together.
2: Also, uh, specifically the Paradox Engine triggers are the big one, the cast triggers where, um, when, when you're not necessarily used to having a Paradox Engine play or it's not like you know something that you've necessarily like most people playing it in less competitive context will be playing it with um, just the the fact that you have to whenever you cast a spell go oh right I also have this thing on trigger that makes me have to okay I have to go through and count all my mana and float a bunch of it and then oh wait okay sorry I have to go and untap all my stuff now and then resolve the card okay and then you repeat that like 5 to 6 times every turn.
0: Yeah, and one of the things that uh that got profit and one of the one of the, th- the criteria they used is just it's it's ubiquitousness. It's it is so easy to put Parado- to build a paradox engine deck or to, to slot it in. So, I mean, it's not an auto, you can't just slot it in and and like like profit and have it be a one card engine. It does require a bit of build around, but the build around is very minuscule and it's often things you want to be doing anyway which is ramping
2: it's the same level of uh it's actually like sort of the same level of ubiquity as profit in my opinion where like the barrier for playing profit is play creatures and the barrier for playing paradox engine is play non-land mana sources and neither of those are very difficult things to do
0: yeah fair enough so it's not it's not really shocking uh from a casual perspective um, but let's let's really sort of delve a bit deeper into uh, the effects it's going to have on the overall CDH meta. So, the the deck with the namesake, you know, PST Paradox Scepter Thrasios. It's just is it is it just ST now? Is that is that where we're at? Is it just Scepter Thrasios? Is it just yeah.
2: Thrasios
0: all on his own? It's they're going to ban Scepter. Or it's just going to be T. Just and, uh, <laughs> no, it's gonna be it's gonna be painter's servant thread.
1: <laughs> Wait, isn't that what it stands for? Yeah.
0: Uh so um, where does where does PST go from here? Uh so having
2: talked to both Shaper and Sleepy about this um, a bit and watched them explain their choices, uh the PST deck has already sort of been leaning into consult recently, uh, anyway. They've been looking at just slotting it in for uh, a myriad of metas. Anything that's not like you know, like the fastest of fast race metas is something where like they've, I think, been wanting consult more and more. So, I think that the obvious slot in is just going to be a Labman consultation package where the Paradox Engine used to be.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess you preserve your sort of cards that win the game. You're not going down on your win conditions too much. And consult has definitely been picking mm-hmm. up in popularity just in all sorts of decks.
1: You're definitely slotting in a condition. combo that is also, in my mind, more resilient than Paradox Engine, so it might be a step to the side, but I think it's actually a step in like the right direction. Yeah.
0: The one thing that I'm kind of sad about uh, Paradox Engine going is that there is just sort of an uptick in uh, the trend of running Retraction Helix, or uh, banishing knack. It, it never got is, fully explored. <laughs> it never got fully explored because I think in in uh, green based uh, decks, it's a solid piece of removal that you can use to for a single blue mana, you know, answer something that needs to be answered without having to worry about you know the the classic uh, risk of chain of vapor getting shot back at your own stuff, right? So you, sometimes a tempo loss or. Like, if you're playing a Xur deck, you know, and, and you chain a Vapor, and then someone has to bounce back your Xur, that's, that's quite, quite, quite annoying. But, uh, yeah, the, the Banishing Knack, you know, being able to bounce or answer a permanent, but then also having it be a combo piece with Paradox Engine, because you can, it, it gives the ability to a creature of tap, return target, non permanent to its owner's hand. So, you know, you just keep rebuying, you know, some rock or or cheap dork untapping making infinite mana and you know going off so that is definitely a uh, sad part about uh, Paradox Engine going that was just that 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 was just on the up just on the uptick Uh, so so banishing neck rip rip banishing neck so what is there is there a a replacement for Paradox Engine beyond uh, PST so like, in in the other Paradox Engine decks, so like just to name a few, you've got uh, you've got Mono Green Silvala, you've got uh, Four Color Rashmi. You know what what are what are these kinds of decks uh, looking yep. to do instead of Paradox Engine?
2: Things like Paradox Engine, like Adnaz Storm decks, stuff like that. Um, well, I know for one, um, it's a pretty large loss for Four Color Rashmi. Um, we it, we just have like a very small set of win cons and we really don't want to go anywhere else with them right now we were pretty happy with having Paradox Engine plus top plus Thrasios and then like Scepter and that kind of stuff Um, so we're still having to we're still going to go back and figure out what to actually slot in because it's not immediately apparent right now it may end up having to be something like glad maniac and consult um, but it, it's still going to have to be worked out over time and discussed
0: with, with a lot of decks moving towards you know maybe considering consult packages tainted pact this is this, <laughs> this going to be like a mini renaissance for blood moon decks as even more decks move towards well first of all we're losing uh, you lose Arkham you lose Sissé I know they're not a massive meta share but uh, that's a mono blue deck, so not a deck that's going to be hated on by Blood Moon or Back to Basics so much. It's two color, you know, not a super greedy mana base, so not going to be feeling that as bad either. Is are, are we going to see uh, Blood Moon Back to Basics have a nice, nice sort of comeback?
1: I'm like, I the don't necessarily I that... agree with that. I think um, we're not going to see we're gonna see a fewer strict artifact based combo decks but we're not gonna see less artifact based mana and if if the artifact based combo decks aren't being stopped then most decks are pretty free to just slot in artifact based mana which which makes them particularly resilient to things like back to basics and blood moon i don't you
0: know, know what i feel just like to
1: say
3: I mean, yeah, I was just going to say I think that the, the Blood Moon back to basics thing is hard. Like, it works in theory, but in practice it's not fast enough to shut down Flash Hulk, which
0: That's the kind of benchmark didn't, get hit, is, yeah.
3: didn't get hit at all by this. So it's still like you're going to tap out for Blood Moon, they're going to tutor in response, and then they have to make one mana, one blue mana. And then you blood moon everyone else, so counter magic is
2: scarce. Yeah, super taxed. It, that's sort of like the consistent issue with Hulk decks now, is that like it's good against specifically Breakfast. But you can afford to slot in basics in a lot of the other Hulk decks. And it's just rough to have them either Nat draw a basic or early fetch one, and then you know, you just have to be scared of the flash the whole game. I do think that Blood Moon and back to basics are on uptick recently, though. And I think it probably warrants a bit more exploration with just the amount of stuff like Najila, um, especially with Food Chain getting a boost recently.
0: Yeah, and, and also, you know, <laughs> so many more decks are just going full on deep into this uh the tainted packed mana bases. Uh Xur used to be a high like seeing a lot less high tide decks. And way more tainted pack decks, Zur, Cass, uh, and then even some two-color decks like Gitrog are experimenting with tainted pack. So, you know, I can definitely see those being uh, successful punishes for that kind of uh, a kind of meta shift. Um, but yeah, so speaking of uh, Hulk, not getting hit by this ban at all—is this just going to massively increase the uh, meta share of Hulk? Are people who are, you know. Their, their deck's gone, they're going to go move to Hulk, or with uh, PST, you know, getting a bit of a hit, going to CST, or are they just going to switch over to Hulk? Um, I think... So this is
2: my opinion and sort of a prediction for me for what's going to happen, but I th- personally think that Hulk popularity is going to pick up. And... Um, Mostly in online metas. I think in paper metas, people are very resilient to change. Um, and we're not going to see a lot of change in the way that people play in paper. Except for except for all and the CSA kind of players. You know? The actual all, deck yeah, just decks. One, but, um, one thing
0: I wanted to say is, on the Reddit, I saw so many people just saying like, oh man, I just finished foiling out my CSA deck or just built CSA two weeks well, ago. Wedge, that,
2: Wedge has been building sucks. the deck for about two years now. Um, Getting it completely set up and finished and yeah just like just got a foil weather light and then this happens god and that's it just that's feels brutal <laughs> but yeah um so i don't think metas are going to change in paper that much um again people are resilient to change uh psd pilots aren't going to switch off of psd suddenly because of paradox engine band they're just going to switch over to consult and play that instead uh but yeah, what come. i do think is going to happen is especially in online metas and proxy metas where people don't necessarily have that barrier to swapping decks, uh, I think people are going to pick up Hulk more. And I don't think that's necessarily because of an objective power level difference. I don't think PST is losing that much power from this band. It's losing a bit, but I don't think it's losing like a significant, significant amount. I think it's just going to be the perception of the deck losing power is going to push people to switch decks.
0: Hmm.
3: Well, but I mean, also, like, though PST and Hulk have been sort of two decks dueling for, you know, a lot of people, pretty much everyone thinks one of those two decks is the best deck in the format. And, you know, when you're that close, even a very small shift in power could push a decent number of people to... Towards saying Hulk is the best deck in the format, and then when people ask which deck is the best in the format, the question gets answered with Hulk a lot more than PST, and then, like, that also shifts it. Like, when they're so close, a a small differential can actually have a very magnified effect in popularity. I can't really see
2: that one, too.
0: Definitely definitely worth considering. So... That's right, guys. Everyone should be uh, packing their graph diggers' cages and uh, extra pates. I mean,
2: if you weren't <laughs> already, but you know, yeah. If you if you if you weren't already running running a deck
0: definitely that, that, should now that isn't Hulk that that isn't running a graph cage in the current year.
3: Come
2: on, guys. And Linden loves people who run extra
3: isn't no. that
0: right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll I'll throw hey. Linda a Linden bone here. Extra is getting a bit less useful now, but you know, should still nice. probably jam it just because quicken and breakfast is a thing
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah that's that was uh sweet innovation um but yeah so does does paradox engine beyond just the wincon package does it affect the way people are going to build their decks like does do they run less rocks move to dorks anything or vice versa
1: I don't I think I'm going to build see... a deck that doesn't have both Digger's Cage and Curse Totem in it for a while.
2: <laughs> so, <laughs> I definitely think option. that on the meta side of deck building, as in building into the meta and not building to counter to the meta, um, I think people are definitely going to be switching more toward dorks. Uh, there's not a lot of reason to play a not-dork deck now. as like your default deck choice, if you have the option. If you're in green and in multiple colors you should probably be on dorks just because you know like the the main reasons you'd be on rocks is for paradox engine shenanigans and adenos shenanigans and half of that just went away so i think people probably are going to be leaning into dorks more Um, but that being said rock decks still great for countering dork decks clausms are still pretty great
0: yeah, and then the whole dork decks running null rod, stonies, or collector roofs. It's a never-ending cycle, man. Yeah. Um, I think I think uh, the trend has been towards dorks. You know, for a while now, even before the paradox engine announcement, people are just the 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 fact that timnas are so pervasive, and and dorks can just turn into drawing cards, cantripping, very powerful, blocking other timnas. Dorks are just consistently faster than rocks, right? When your rocks are your signets and and uh, and talismans, right? Or yeah. your as your dorks are coming down on turn one and setting you up for three mana turn two, you no know, versus you're tapping out on turn two for four mana on turn three. Big difference.
3: I mean, the one the one synergy that the rocks still have is the various like particularly Krypton Soul Ring. Um like the fact that they're cast for colorless mana is means that when you have like the turn one land soaring signet opener is still pretty real. Yeah,
0: that's for sure. Um, yeah. So one, one thing that we want to talk about before we, we sort of close out the, the topic on paradox engine and this announcement is what, could have they done to maybe help this go over a little bit smoother and that would be to ban flash if they if they had banned flash i think that would have appeased the competitive crowd quite a bit and this isn't just you know out of nowhere that i'm saying this because some of the members of the competitive community have been talking to CAG members uh you know whispering in their ears following them on twitter uh in in conversation threads saying you know making making the case for flash ban that it's something that doesn't affect casuals much uh and would really help uh build rapport with the competitive crowd because this is something that many people want to see gone to help bring balance to the format and you know it's not like the CAG members who uh who have been getting all of these these cases made to them didn't bring this up to the RC in their meetings Uh, in fact, I think it was Shivam and uh, Rachel uh, who Brought it up or this they they said they brought it up to uh, In their meeting they brought up the fact that the CDH crowd was really You know angling for a flash ban and gave a, a pretty solid reasoning, which is You know, that's that's awesome. Awesome that, that the competitive community is getting a voice uh, through the CAG members, but unfortunately I guess it just wasn't enough. We couldn't get there this time. Yeah. Which is
3: which is slightly frustrating because if we go back to their philosophy document and we look at those seven uh, criteria that they're looking at, let's see. Cause severe res- resource imbalance. No. Allows player to win it players to win out of nowhere. Absolutely. Prevents players from contributing to the game in a meaningful way. Absolutely. Causes other players to feel like they must play certain cards, even though they're also problematic. Absolutely. Are very difficult for other players to interact with, especially if doing so requires dedicated, narrow responses when deck building. <laughs> Absolutely. Interact poorly with the multiplayer nature of the format or specific rules of commander. This one's debatable. The fact that it's instant speed is much more of an advantage in a multiplayer format. But even even if we say no, we're still at 4 out of 6 so far. And the last one is lead to repetitive gameplay. Mm. Absolutely. So it ticks 5 out of 7 boxes on their reasons to ban a card. Which I think is probably the most of any card Oh yeah, like with the with the exception of ones that no one thinks should be unbanned, like I don't know Caracas <laughs> <Balance>. or like
1: <laughs> yeah Fast Balander.
2: But like, it's just like uh, like it, and it's not just that it meets those criteria. It's like some of those criteria it meets the most out of any other card in the format, i.e. allow players to win out of nowhere. It definitely fits that criteria more than any card that is currently legal in the format.
3: Yeah, people talked about Paradox Engine letting players win out of nowhere.
2: Try two mana at an instant speed with no board presence.
0: Yeah, it's just, there's nothing like it. And, no, I'm I'm kind of holding out hope that um, the RC hasn't, you know, said the the final word, given the, the final word on this issue, that they're still kind of hearing arguments and stewing over it a bit. So, maybe we'll hear more from that Um uh, on on that front in the future, and I certainly hope we do. I would love to see a flash ban, and I think it would be a great uh, move to uh, help mend the wounds that have uh, sort of been inflicted on the competitive community, or at least they they feel were inflicted on them. Yeah, honestly,
2: um, like I'm I'm not going to like try to speak for the whole format here or the entire community. But I personally am not as mad about, like, purely the Paradox Engine ban as I am about the fact that they banned Paradox Engine and did not also ban Flash. I would, it like, seems I would like a be,
1: clear oversight. It, it's, I, 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 okay, I want to read out Shivan's tweet because it's particularly compelling to me. Um, CDH friends, I tried really hard to convince the powers to ban Flash, but it wasn't to be... I'm sorry it just seems like it just seems like so much effort was put in to banning flash and then paradox engine was banned
0: yeah I know I was uh, you know saying how awesome it was uh, for Shivam and uh, Rachel that they're listening to the community but I just want to give an extra special thanks to to Shivam because he is not a competitive player and from what i gather from his twitter he is, he does not enjoy that side of the format at all but he is willing to listen take what the competitive players are saying and and give us a voice and uh speak for us in front of the rsc so uh you know thanks a lot uh yeah and obviously i mean rachel r- thanks a lot too but i mean g is already uh, competitively inclined, so yeah, maybe not so much.
2: Standing up for people that you don't necessarily <laughs> agree with how they play the game, or you don't necessarily enjoy playing how they play the game, but still making the effort to try to understand their concerns and try to stand up for what you think is correct. Uh, I mean, big hand to shape them for that, really.
0: Yeah. So even yeah, even I if it didn't also- work out in the end, uh, or at least for this for this uh, balance announcement. Thanks for trying anyway, you know? <laughs> yeah.
3: Also, I will say, I don't know if, uh, if Josh Lee Kwai, like if he advocated for it at the the meeting, it sounded like he was just kind of against bands in general. Um, but he did say on one of his recent episodes that in his listening to competitive players, he's come to understand that like flash is like he said, like that's the card he's most heard competitive players say they want banned. You know, uh, they were talking about what's the best deck. So he said maybe it's some flash Hulk deck. So you know, at least he's certainly listening, even if you know he felt that he didn't need to advocate for bans at this time. You know, just listening and actually performing some level of analysis and understanding, you know, why it is that flash is actually quite a healthy ban because it doesn't do fair things, and I think anyone <laughs> looking at it honestly will admit that um so you know anyone who even if they don't particularly have much skin in the game is willing to look at it analyze it and understand gets points in my book absolutely
0: um yeah so branching off this the the flash ban i i did see that get mentioned a lot that my god you know paradox engine was banned but flash is still existing (laughs) now come on we should we should uh have a separate ban list at this point for cdh and that was a common sentiment on Reddit uh, or the, the CDH subreddit. Even on the r slash EDH subreddit. Even I was saying people. I was seeing people.
2: Yeah. There are a lot of people. And on Facebook all over the place. All over.
1: When I was walking on the street and I heard a guy yell at it, it was so weird. <laughs> <laughs> um.
0: So, splitting the format. This isn't the first time this has been brought up. It's also will not be the last. It will not be the last, but this has been the loudest I've heard this um
2: This sentiment, yeah.
0: Yeah. In in a long time.
3: So I think I think that the people expressing this sentiment are they're conflating two different things. Um I saw a lot of comments sort of along the line of basically oh the rules committee's you know just going crazy these bans are out of left field oh they're not you know they're totally out of touch and i don't really think that that's true they've been talking about paradox engine for like 2 years and there are a, a huge number of people who want that card banned in fact uh, the professor from Tulane Community College put out a poll asking people if they agreed with the bans 55% of people said they agreed with the ban of Paradox Engine. Which is a lot for any to Which is a lot for any ban. And I think that people are sort of looking at this as, we didn't think Paradox Engine was a problem, therefore now that it's banned, it feels like it's out of nowhere. When really, lots of people thought it was a problem, and this is clearly something that's been in discussion for a while. So this isn't a case of the RC just sort of going crazy and banning stuff for no reason or out of nowhere. You know, if in the next three banned and restricted announcements, they also banned random stuff, then maybe that would be a sign that, you know, they're not being appropriately cautious. But this is... Well,
0: I think that's... If they started banning random stuff, that would be a sign... Well, it obviously depends on what they ban. They, Paradox Engine, they've, they've stated that, par- that they're focusing on the casual side. So when competitive players say, you know... Oh, why are you banning Paradox Engine? You know, it's not that bad. Well, that's their, that's not their focus, right? So I don't think it's you can justify saying we should split the format because they banned Paradox Engine for casual. I think what is worth considering if you're if you're trying to to make that case is that they are not listening to competitive players and, and something that would be such a slam dunk of a ban. Uh, as Flash, which doesn't affect or which would barely affect casual play, but would really help uh, competitive play. So if if they just decide to completely ignore all of the this outcry for Flash ban, for, for the ban of Flash, but they're listening to the Paradox Engine ban, maybe you're starting to get into a bit more uh, acceptable territory where, where splitting the format doesn't seem as crazy. But really,
2: even then... Um- People always like when they get riled up about this, and they start firing up Reddit posts and start firing up their typing fingers on Discord. I think a lot of people still don't necessarily consider all of the downsides that come with splitting a format, and all the problems and issues that come with that. Um,
0: Yeah, I mean, also this this ban list announcement was today,
2: literally today. We are recording this. The people have not had time
0: to. To cool off yet right to, yeah to think about it
2: wait are
3: you suggesting that reddit and twitter in the immediate
2: aftermath of <laughs> are not a controversial entirely decision? accurate <laughs> absolutely not there's no way i always follow the general <laughs> sentiment i run in twitter for all of my opinions is that not the most accurate way
1: reddit is how i make up my mind <laughs>
2: I just straw poll people in the Discord every day. Guys, what should I eat for breakfast here, straw poll? Yeah.
0: Um, so, Sarid, you were, you were saying something about... Uh, yeah. There's, so, there's
2: just... There's so many downsides, and we've seen format splits happen a lot, and we've seen it fail so much. People... I think people really just have to remember, like, what happens when you split a format, and you really have to weigh the benefits, right? Um things like so the big the big big examples of what happens when you split a format and the closest that we get to actual edh are the 1v1 edh formats um just huge huge backfires right like yeah. how many how many 1v1 formats for edh have we seen just completely die because either they mismanaged the like mismanaged the ban list once or just like didn't cater to how the players wanted the ban list to be or whatever else. And then just everybody left that format and went to another one of the one V one formats or they all split way too much. So
3: Leviathan and the MTGO one V one formats are both pretty much dead. And then French is also about half as popular as it was before Leviathan and MTGO one v one became a thing, yeah. and then stopped being a thing. Just like so, even the surviving format took a lot of damage in the aftermath. Yeah, like of that. even
2: like it's not like you can attempt to split, and if it doesn't work out, just everybody comes back to the original, and you just all live happily again. Like you attempt the split, one of the formats dies, and those people never come back because they. Um, they're burned out and they do not want to come back and relearn the old format or relearn the new format if the old format dies. Right? You just there's uh, there's yeah. so much potential I, I to lose player base.
0: I don't know how or much of that of is, them, but some of them yeah. will not. Yeah, come some back. of them will yeah, not come you, back. You won't lose. don't
2: lose a hundred percent of like you. You'll still have people come back and forth and like people will play both formats. People like will I, I just don't between. think that people
0: who were started playing Tiny Leaders or Brawl where all of a sudden, like, oh, you know, I'm done. I'd move from EDH to Brawl or Earthbreaker or Tiny Leaders. Ah, oh, I'm done with this. I mean, I'm done with EDH. I'm done with Magic. Like, I don't know, that seems like a bit that, of a... That's a bit
2: much, but there I, there are definitely people who played, like, Leviathan and got burnt out on Leviathan because it was either being mismanaged or they didn't like the way the farm was going and just decided to not play 1v1 EDH anymore.
0: Well, a lot of it, too, is that when you buy cards and you're spending money on a deck... If you can't then transfer a lot of those cards into another format easily, then it it incre it, it makes a puts up a barrier to entry or to re-entry if you if you're moving trying to come back to a format.
1: When it comes to any no, the like, one... radical ideas, like splitting the format, there's there, there's certainly gonna be a side that is the opposite radical idea, which is if you split the format, you know I'm not gonna play the format. And that means that's a no repair situation as far as I'm concerned
0: can you can you elaborate on that sorry like not, I, not I think quite...
1: like like so let me let me start with an example um i think most of us started playing cdh because we were playing commander and yeah you so you kind of you know you upgrade your deck uh, you eventually land on, you know, your, your, your competitive masterpiece. And then, um, someone and then the, the, the competitive commander, um, community is like, we're going to split the format. So you have two decisions, right? Am I going to stay with commander or am I going to stay with competitive or CDH? Like a new, you know, the new format. And I think that decision is radical enough that, you know, if one side, if one side fails, it can't really be repaired again.
2: Not fully, See, at I, least, yeah. Like, I don't, you don't get, you, there's no way you get everybody back or even maybe even a majority back.
0: I, I get what you're saying, but at the same time, I think that competitive commander is, in a sense, already split from commander, right? We, yes, you, but- we, we talk about our, com- we have separate subreddits. We talk about our competitive
2: decks and then our non-competitive decks. You're then splitting the split community. The already split community is the issue. So the yeah, like some
3: people will continue to play commander competitively.
2: Like the the whole issue is like so. The reason why CDH can exist is because people. Even if you consider it a split from regular commander, the, get commander, influx of player new players. Base, the commander player base is large enough already to support that. The, the amount of people that play commander isn't going to lose a meaningful amount from the current size of the competitive format, even if they never choose to play regular commander again.
1: And, and the inverse yeah. is also true, right? Like, splitting the format isn't going to bring in an influx of new competitive commander players.
2: Yeah, you're actually, like, it makes it less likely for people to Convert up from regular commander to actual competitive commander right because at that point you're crossing a very distinct line of saying once you cross this line the decks that you play are you're not gonna be able to play these decks with your friends anymore right you you I can't think,
3: you can't and, and also then you have the issue of people who reach the most <laughs> competitive uh, I got in trouble for calling it the pinnacle before so, <laughs> the most competitive form of commander proper. Like then they become sort of a new format, and now you have all the CDH players who play now and go along with the split, and then two years later, the people who got in an arms race with their commander playgroup are now playing commander, essentially what we're playing now, they're playing two years in the future, and now we're in a separate format with a separate ban list, and now there's two, like, instead of growing a different community grew and we have, yeah i think like you lose the funnel of people coming up the chain of yeah, power level
0: yeah they, it's definitely it is it is a bit um you, you do lose that ability to to kind of bump someone from high power and could it be like here yeah, you know come on come on into cdh you know with your high p- high power Tasger deck or we something your task or control engine. deck, but but even even <laughs> even <laughs> not even
2: even not even bumping them from high power to competitive like like you know how like a lot of CDH pods and CDH scenes in cities are effectively like half high power half competitive. You just don't get yeah. those pods anymore, right? You now have uh two people that play high power in a city and three people that play actual new format competitive right so you, See, you I no think, longer get to play those decks together and you no longer get to play this like gradient level
0: but i just i don't odd. necessarily agree with that because it 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 does depend on how radical a split right if you change like you can't you can't jam tiny leaders versus uh versus oathbreaker right there's no compatibility there but depending on how you approach a split there can still be some level of compatibility maintained if you're not changing any of the rules or game mechanics like if you're maintaining color identity you're keeping commander tax everything the same but you only affect the ban list that's that's you know one way to, to maintain some cohesion but even further if you make the new ban list uh a if sorry if you make the regular ban list a subset of the new ban list then everything that's that that the, all these high power commander players or the the competitive players you know who are playing you know shuffle hulk or whatever like that's all that would be legal if you if you have it so that it's legal under the the new ban list then there is some level of compatibility that's able to be maintained but there's now wait so you're saying we can't
3: unban anything if we
0: split the format no, you, you can only unban things you can't ban things
2: but then you so then you don't have oh. a full split at that point. It and is it's, not a full it's split very, and you but that's still that's you're a still half measure. You're still relying on the RC to ban problematic cards.
3: So then the one so, yeah, the card that people most want banned, flash so,
2: so would, is illegal so what would the point of that split be, right? Because then you can't deal with the partner's issue and you're not dealing with the flash issue by splitting the format. So why are you splitting the format?
0: Well, there's plenty of people who complain about the cards that are needlessly on the ban list. Sure, but that's right. Those
2: don't have the impact that current cards that are legal in the format do. And have an unbanning cards, the desire to unban cards is not the driving force behind the people who want to split the format.
0: No, but it's certainly a way to bridge the gap. Right? Like as you if you if you'd want to sort of ease into a split, that's probably the way to go. Right? You you sort of introduce but even, A, even
2: easing into it, it doesn't matter how hard, how long you take to ease in and how slowly you ease into it, you still end up with the fundamental issue of you have two separate formats and they are incompatible. So you cannot split those, like you're splitting those small play groups in cities that can barely make pods as is, and at some point you no longer have full pods for people to play in. Well, another mats. thing about
0: about this the small pods that is that you're in, in in competitive the the way because because it's not you're not taking your commander deck to an LGS and playing against a bunch of random people, right? Because that's that's the whole point of uh of the RC's mission with a ban list, right? I think they've said that they would they would not have a ban list if not for this, this problem. They would rather have everything solved like kitchen table wise but in order to facilitate this kind of you know going to gps going to um, going to your lgs you need some kind of ban list so that everyone has a, a base level sorry base level understanding but the way That's- competitive is is because uh, competitive players are so spread out you're basically you know everyone in your play group right like so you can you could really kind of implement this on a Kitchen table, kitchen table sort of scale right like it's you don't need sort of a full blown RC to emerge for competitive to be like oh you know from the top down this is, this is the ban list this is how uh, everything should be run you know you follow these because you're not going to go to an LGS and there's not going to be an official CDH tournament
2: so how would that how would that quote unquote format split be different than just home ruling cards into a ban list in your local playgroups, and why would then that require a format split as opposed to just telling people to home rule their playgroups? No, it instead? is
0: essentially it is essentially a home rule split, but with a it's you can add an air of I want to say authority might be a bit too harsh, but like a you you can pool people's collective experience and knowledge and. Uh, you know, to, to formulate a recommended ban list. So, you, like you so don't what you, think that's your suggestions is thing? doing right now? No, they are, but I'm I'm saying that it's. So just
3: I am just genuinely trying to under genuinely trying to understand your suggestion. Is it that we would have a group of respected members of the competitive community get together and come up with a list of cards that they recommend competitive no. players allow to be legal when they. No,
0: no 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 it, it wouldn't i think oh, i don't think uh, i think the rc model is something that it it's 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 enfranchised right now like it's it's kind of built into the system and if you were to redo it from like the ground up i don't think this is where you end up but there's just of the the the, the way that edh itself just formed your this is kind I, of was okay. inevitable
3: so if you have I don't understand your suggestion. I don't I just don't know what you're suggesting.
0: No, I'm saying you can like there's there's a million different ways. I'm not suggesting an actual um Sorry, not
3: I don't mean advocating. I just mean like you seem to have a set of ideas of something that could be done and I don't quite understand what those ideas would entail.
0: Okay. So if you have like it's like I'm not sitting here with like a plan of have how, how things should be. This is all just like mostly off the top of my head. So, like if what what if you had a so so competitive EDH is mostly organized through the subreddits, Discord groups, um, online for the most part, and then local local play groups. Fair enough. Okay. Yep. Uh, the central hub for CDH really does seem to be the subreddit. So, if people had, let's say, a poll, if there was a, you know, maybe a straw poll isn't the optimal way to do it, maybe you can do some other form of poll or some other form of way to implement like a democratic solution on on what people want from the ban list. But people do seem to have a somewhat unified opinion on regarding certain things that should or shouldn't be banned. So, you know, these group of like-minded players create a... uh or submit votes the votes get you know tallied up okay so this is the recommended or this is the i don't even want to say recommended because that implies some sort of like you know rules committee type type uh structure but this is this is a ban list that you know the majority of people based off voting would uh arrive at so, like, if you want to adopt that as a suggestion for your playgroup, go for it. Or, I mean, you can also just adhere to the standard uh, RC ban list as well. I mean, this this seems unlikely
3: to yield anything, like just the tyranny of the status quo. there are large, dedicated communities of people who will fight any unbanning. And not the same. Like, I would like to see Flash banned, but I would like to see it banned a lot less than certain people who play Flash Hulk would like to not see it banned. Like, I mean, perhaps like, I that's think it how would improve things play how, balance and diversity, and all the Flash Hulk, or many of the Flash Hulk players, think it will just kill their deck and they'll fight it at every turn. They've invested money, they've invested time.
0: So, I mean, it could turn out that that's... It could be that that's how things turn out. But, also it could be... That could just not be the case. Right? Like, there, there would have to be a large contingent of Flash Hulk players who are, you know, vehemently opposed to this. To... To win on a, a majority vote,
1: I think it's um, it, rather than propose a a split the format, which is really not a proposal, right? Like it's kind of like it's like it's like here's an idea. Someone else, you know, handle this idea. I'm not particularly fond of that type of approach. I think what Lyndon's suggesting is actually propose a ban list or propose a system for creating a new ban list, uh, and just get enough people to try it, right? You don't have to call it commander. You don't have to not call it commander either, right? It's just, why don't we just try out this this one idea? And there certainly are enough people who are willing to do that, right? Like, I think that's the same reason why we have the CEVH community in the first place, is because there were enough people who just were cool to try a new idea.
0: Yeah, you, 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 you phrased that quite well. I think it's a lot that's, I, less largely agree to that, natural
2: yeah. than the progression towards CDH, though, and why CDH exists. I think, I think that that's probably the better way to do it, if you are going to split the format, is to not do a hard split immediately and definitely test things out first. But I don't think that splitting the format as a whole is a great idea in general currently. That being said, it may or may not, may not be. I'm, I'm sure many people have many opinions, and we can probably put a poll up on this on the Discord. See what you think. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We'll 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 put a little we'll put a little poll we'll pull you guys for should the format be split. Yeah. Um and I guess we'll do with the with SurveyMonkey, you guys can fill in all the details you want on on how <laughs> um, how you, would, you personally would you, split the
2: format and uh,
0: facilitate the split
2: yeah <laughs> and destroy the community <laughs> but um yeah no really uh I think it's a bit too early after this specific ban announcement to freak out and say we should immediately split the format and get started on that and get the ball rolling uh definitely I I personally think we should let the dust settle a bit first um see how see how receptive the RC is to Embracing the CDH community. I mean, really, it's only been a fairly short amount of time that there's been any real push to get the RC to acknowledge
0: the CDH community in general. Um, it. it yeah, I wholeheartedly agree because you know, like they, the CAG CAGs was only recently just formed, and uh, I, I can only imagine Shivam and and Rachel have only recently started pushing for the the flash ban because the the uproar, not uproar, the the sentiment in the community has only started to become more and more uh, uniform on that front. So, you know, they were they took this long to ban Paradox Engine. You know, hopefully, it doesn't take them that long to uh, arrive on a decision with Flash. But we do need to give it time.
1: But is it Flash good? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's all. It uh, takes. Does
0: anyone does anyone else? Uh, does anyone have anything they want to say before we close out?
2: Uh, please, please don't ban Hulk. Oh my god. (laughs) That's, that's the one nightmare scenario (laughs) for me. That's all I ask. Yeah. Competitive competitive
1: commander is not dead, everyone. There is, there is a light (laughs) at the end of this tunnel. We're still
2: alive. We're still kicking. (laughs) Okay. Tis only a leg. Emphasis
0: on the kicking. (laughs) We'll all think about uh, this and laugh. (laughs) Tis but a scratch. only a flesh wound. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode. If you guys would like to reach out to us with any questions, comments, or concerns, you can contact us on Twitter at IntoTheNorthPod via our email gmail.com or on our Discord server, the invite link for which can be found in the description for this episode. An extra special thanks to all of our patrons who help cover the expenses for our show and allow us to work towards improving the quality of the podcast. If you too would like to become a patron, we are at patreon.com slash intothenorthpodcast. Thank you, as always, to the band Vox Cadre for our lovely podcast music, to Nate Slover for our equally lovely podcast logo, and to our podcast editor, Roadkill. The next episode will be out in two weeks. Until then, see ya. Bye.